right, boys and girls, welcome back to episode number three. In today's episode, I go back to 2012, where I had recorded a podcast called The Reset Club. This is the first episode in that podcast. Uh, actually, I can't find any more. I know I did a few more, but I'm not able to find them yet. I'll keep Google searching. As I find these old recordings that I got, I'll bring them back if I think they're good enough. In this episode, I talk about The Seven Virtues of Man, which is a blog series that I've got posted over at scottabridwell.com. also talk about fear and how it can be paralyzing. and also talk about what it means to have intestinal fortitude. It's about 20 minutes long. Uh, some of the things I talk about in there as far as features that are on my old website are no longer on the new website. But if you want to get in touch with me, you can float on over there, leave me a comment. You can find me on social media. I'm not that hard to find. And then just get in touch with me that way. All right, so here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, this was episode number one from 2012, The Reset. Hello, this is Scott Bridwell, and you are just entered The Reset Club. What's The Reset Club? Well, The Reset Club is a podcast that I put on that basically says that from time to time in life, we just have to set back and reset and redo life all over again, whether it's a job loss, a loss of a relationship, or maybe there's just something going on in our life that we don't like and we just have to restart. The great thing about waking up every day is you have a brand new day, the ability to start all over and become a different person. And the great thing about being happy, the great thing about being who you want to be in life is that you are in control of that. So hopefully this podcast will give you tips, hints, tricks, all the things that I've done personally or that I am doing personally just to help me find that passion in life. You do have a passion in life. The sad thing with most people is they just aimlessly wander through life taking what comes to them. That's a victim mentality. You're not a victim. You are a person. You are more than your circumstance. You're not a failure. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite quotes is, failure is an event, not a person. So how do you take that bad situation in your life and turn it around and do something good? Or better yet, how do you just start all over? Thus, the name The Reset Club. Again, my name is Scott, and I am the host of The Reset Club. I'm also the author of a blog called scottbridwell.com. Run over there, you'll find a lot of my articles that we talk about these situations and issues as well. One of the first ones that I want to bring up to you is a blog that I wrote, and the name of the blog was What You Win Them With, You Win Them To. Now, I like that concept. A friend of mine a few years ago gave me that concept. I was working as a pastor in a church, and we were talking about different ideas of marketing, how to get people involved in our congregation, involved in the things that we were doing to help our community. And we were talking about different events that you could put on, different marketing or promotion things to bring people to you. And the one thing he cautioned me with was, Scott, be careful, because what you win people with, you win them too. And what he meant by that was you see a lot of churches or organizations out there that are trying to grow their membership and their community by doing a lot of gimmicks or giveaways. The downside to that is there's always going to be another church, another congregation, another group, or another community that's got a better gimmick, a better giveaway. And if you've won people to you by uh, gimmicks and giveaways, Somebody else is going to be able to win them away from you with a better gimmick. That also translates into business as far as advertising and marketing. And I'll let you figure those things out, or maybe we'll cover those in a future podcast. But right now, I want to focus a little bit more specifically on your life. Think about the people around you. Do you like them? 
Now, I'm serious. Do you like the people that are in your life right now? If you're like me and a lot of other people that I know, pretty much everybody I know, there are people in your life that you absolutely love. You're so grateful that they are part of your life. They inspire you. They encourage you. They challenge you. They make you to become a better you. But there's also people in your life that just get on your nerves, to be quite honest. These are the people that are constantly griping or complaining. Everything's horrible. They're constantly filled with drama. And those are the people that you're just like, gosh, how do I get rid of these people? Well, what I'm going to share with you right now isn't so much a way to get rid of them as it is a way to help you better your life. And that's what this is all about, helping you get the life that you want out of life. What I would say to you is if you've got people in your life that you like, sit down with a piece of paper. On the top of that piece of paper, write, these are the people I like. On the left-hand side of the paper, put their name. Then on the right-hand side of the paper, make a list of things that you like about them and what you like about them. Then beside that, write down, how did you win that person to you? Was it that you were just a friend to them? Was it that you had something in common and you guys hit it off? What was it about you that you did to win those people to you? Now, why do I think that's important that you identify? Because you're going to want to multiply that process. If you met this person because you were part of a civic organization and you were helping the community out, then maybe what you ought to do is get back involved with that. Get back out there in that community, helping people that have a passion like you and meet other people and get to know them. Win them to you. Then take a separate piece of paper and write down, these are the people I don't like in my life. Put their name down. Then, this is the hard part. Sit down, and in the column to the right of that, what is it about you that won that person to you? Do they complain a lot? Are they constantly angry? Are they one of those people that just nothing goes right in their life and they're dragging you down? Well, what is it about you that you did that brought those people into your life? Now, that's a tough one. That, that's a tough thing to sit down and evaluate sometimes. But once you start evaluating that, you then have identified what you've done to bring these negative people into your life. Now, my encouragement for you at this point is stop it. It's that simple. Stop it. Find out what I did that draw this type of character, draw these type of personalities into my life and stop. Now, is that going to get them out of your life? I don't know if it will or not, but I do know this. One of two things are going to happen. One, because you're not doing that behavior anymore, you're going to quit drawing those type of people into your life. Two, because you're duplicating the behavior that brought people into your life, you're either going to, I mean, well, there's no either. You're going to draw more people like that into your life. But what's going to happen to the people you don't like is one of two things. Either they're going to go away because you're not fueling their desire for drama. You're not fueling their desire for uh, constantly being angry and complaining and griping. So they probably will just fade away into the distance and you're going to be better off without them. Or what's also going to happen with some of those people is you're going to encourage them. You're going to inspire them. You're going to change them. One thing I know to be true in life is the wrong behavior toward the right person can make them the wrong person. But by the same token, the right behavior toward the wrong person 
can oftentimes make them the right person in your life. So think about that for a minute. What you win them with, you win them too. Also on this episode, I just want to talk to you a little bit more about another concept that we've been talking about on my blog, and that is the concept of the seven virtues of a man. Now, what are the seven virtues of a man? Well, that's an old ancient concept that's been written about among churches and different authors and uh, church fathers such as Thomas Aquinas and a lot of guys like that. But the seven virtues of man are the moral virtues that every man, and when I say man, I'm not talking about a guy or somebody that stands in front of a urinal. I'm talking about mankind. There are four moral virtues and three what they often refer to as theological virtues. So those virtues are as follows. The four moral virtues are prudence, justice, fortitude or courage, temperance. Those are the four moral virtues. The three theological virtues are faith, hope, and love. Now, what are those? Well, let's start with justice. Justice is that quality of being right. It's that quality of righteousness, of being equal. It's that quality of, of exuding moral rightness in your life. Justice is often referred to in our society as a negative connotation. You know, someone got convicted of a crime and they got the justice they deserved. There is that part of justice as well. But justice also has a very positive side where someone did something good. They did something that was right and they were justly rewarded for what they did. In my mind, the opposite of justice is fairness. And one of the sad things I hear parents often say is, I'm going to always be fair to my child. Well, I think you're doing that child a great, great disservice by always being fair. Being fair says that everybody gets a trophy. Being fair says that I didn't work as hard as everybody else, but because they want me, they want to be fair, we all get rewarded. I don't think that's right for a child. I think a child has um, different aptitudes, different maturity levels, different attitudes in life, and they should be treated as such. Just because one child got a car and got to start driving at 16 does not mean that we have to do that for the second child. Now, the fair thing would be to say that you're 16, your older sibling got to have a car, so therefore you get to have a car. But guess what? That child may not have the uh, maturity, the level of decision-making that's needed to drive a car. And therefore, in my mind, the just thing would be not to give them a car. By the same token, you may have one child who's, who does deserve something great. And oftentimes I see parents and they're like, well, I can't do this for this one because I didn't do it for that one. Well, guess what? The second child is doing great things. They're, they're getting good grades. They're getting up on time. They're respectful. They're obedient. Yes, it is just to reward them. So don't be afraid to be a just parent. I know it's tough. The easy road is to be the fair parent. But... I think that's also the cruel road. Fortitude. Fortitude or courage. Fortitude and courage is that mental or emotional strength to face difficulty. And we all face difficulty in life. Fortitude is that thing that reaches deep down inside of you when everything else says to give up. There's no hope. Fortitude is that thing that causes you to strive and to go farther. I wrote a little bit more in depth about this. I was in the Marine Corps. I was at Paris Island going through recruit training. I weighed a buck 29, had a full combat load on. We're humping through the sand. The sun's beating down on us. It's in July. I had reached a physical point of exhaustion and literally collapsed. I could barely speak. 
In my mind, I had given up. It was over. I knew they weren't going to kick me out of boot camp. I just wasn't going to finish this hump. There's just no way about it. My drill instructor, I remember him bending over and just starts yelling at me. He's like, are you going to die? I didn't give you permission to die. And I just, as, as, as much muster as I could, as much strength as I could to muster up the words, drill instructor, this recruit just can't make it. He bent down and got a little bit closer and that old smoky bear bouncing off my forehead. And he asked me, he said, do you or have you ever heard of the word intestinal fortitude? I shake my head no. He said, intestinal fortitude is when all else has failed and you can't go on. Intestinal fortitude is when you reach down into the deep caverns of your gut and you grab all that is mean, all that is nasty, anything you got left, and you pull it up to the top and you stand up and you go on. You're going to need that. Are you going to give up on me or are you going to finish this hump? Well, I took his advice. I stood up with everything I had, everything I had, and I finished that advice. And to this day, I don't remember who that drill instructor was, but I do remember when I face something that's tough, when I face that difficult situation in life, am I going to give up or am I going to show some fortitude and some courage? Temperance? I haven't written about temperance yet, but I will uh, this week, so look forward to that on scottbridwell.com. But temperance is that ability to moderate self-restraint, whether it's in an action or a statement. Temperance is self-control. Look, just because I am right to be angry and lash out does not mean I should. Temperance says I've reached a limit. I'm going to exercise some self-control. Temperance also goes to, say, any type of food. There's a, you know, there's a big issue today in obesity in America of various types of addictions. Temperance is the ability to say, yes, I enjoy this. Yes, it's good, but no. I'm going to exercise some self-restraint. Then we have prudence. Now, I know I started with prudence, but bear with me. There's a reason I'm coming back to prudence. Prudence is considered the greatest of all these virtues because it is prudence that exercises the judgment. Yes, this is the just thing to do. But it may not be the best thing to do. So I'm going to exercise temperance. Prudence makes that decision for you. Prudence is the one that uses wisdom above all else. What are the three theological virtues? Well, those are faith, hope, and love. Now, let me be very clear here as to faith. Faith is not a belief in something you do not know. Faith is a belief in what you do know. Having that ability to say, I have faith in this because it has proven itself before. I have faith in this situation. I have faith in myself because I've been in similar situations. Maybe not just like this one, but I have faith that this will work out to my benefit. Faith does have a spiritual aspect to it. I, I'm not going to make any bones about that. It is absolutely true. I do believe in God, and I don't realize that some of my listeners out there may be atheists, and you don't believe in God. I do not, by any means, want to turn you away. I want you to understand that one of the virtues of man is having faith, not always in a higher power. You may not have that, but you have faith in your fellow man. You have faith in the things around you, and more importantly, you have faith in your own abilities. Hope. What is hope? Hope is the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. 
I like being around people who have hope. They encourage me. They make me smile. They, they are the people who are you're sitting there in the darkest of situations, and they've got hope. I love people like that, and I hope that you can develop that as well. Love and charity. Now, this is considered to be the greatest of the three theological virtues. Matter of fact, when Christ was asked what's the greatest of all commandments, he did not touch one time on the Ten Commandments, which is what we always think about. What did he say? Well, first was the Shema, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is likened to it, or equal to it, if you will, love your neighbor as yourself. I'm going to tell you something. If you will take time to love those around you, they will love you back. You say, well, Scott, they're not deserving of love. Well, guess what? Everybody is deserving of love. But there's a truth that's uh, universal. If you will take time to invest in the lives of those around you, they will enrich yours. So look around you. Look at the people in your life. Who can you reach out to and who can you love today? So those are the seven moral and theological virtues of man. I hope that you'll go over and visit scottbrittable.com. See if you can read some of those and see if there's something that can help you out there. Next, I want to cover a couple of books that I've been reading. Uh, and if you go to my website, I actually have a reading list there, suggested reading list. You can actually purchase the books that I cover. I will make a promise to you right now. I will never suggest or put a book on there that I haven't personally consulted or that I haven't read myself or know something about. But one of the, uh, the books that I've been reading the most here lately is a book called The Magic of Thinking Big. Now this is an older book. It was written by a PhD named Dr. Schwartz. And probably the best takeaway that I got from that book was simply this. Action cures. Now think about that. Action cures. You want you got fear of jumping off a cliff? One good way to get over that fear is to jump off that cliff. And I'm not saying be stupid and do dangerous stuff, but uh, back to when I was at boot camp. There were a lot of guys there that came to Paris Island, South Carolina, to join the United States Marine Corps that could not swim. I never got that. You joined the Marine Corps. We have a history of being amphibious. Why did you join the Marine Corps? But they did. Those drill instructors would get them up on those platforms, and their job was to jump off that platform into the water on the deep end and swim. The guys that stood there the longest got more scared. And the longer they stood there, the more scared they got, the more paralyzed by fear they were. But the guys that got up there and had faith in those six or seven swim instructors that were in the water, had faith that nobody's going to let them die, the guys that got up there and took action, and took that step off that platform. Those are the ones that overcame that fear of swimming. So when you have something going on in your life, something that's got you scared, something that's got you unmotivated, take action. That's a good example. Being unmotivated. My suggestion to you is to develop a daily routine. Get up and do certain things every day. Now, what do I do? I get up in the morning, wake my son up, start preparing his breakfast, Set the coffee on, start some music, don't turn the TV on, never turn the TV on. The TV will leave you standing on that ledge. Turn some music on, and I start doing things. I get myself motivated. I get up, I do things that are productive. And I will tell you something, by the time I drop my son off from school, and I'm back home, I've usually started a load of laundry, 
unloaded the dishwasher and loaded it with the night's previous dishes. I've made my bed. I've cooked breakfast. I've got a pot of coffee. And I have the ability to come home and start reading a good book or listening to a good podcast. Because action cures. The man that lays in bed until 10 in the morning is lazy. He feels sluggish all day. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't get anything accomplished. But the person who gets up and takes action first thing in the morning, those are the people who have energy through the rest of the night. So I would encourage you, swing on over by scottbrutwell.com. Pick up the magic of thinking big. You can, there's the top of the banner. Just click on Scott's reading list, and that book will be there. Next week, we'll cover a few more other things, but I do want to invite you, if you have questions or responses or something that you'd like for me to cover in these podcasts, run on over and send me a quick email. It's scott at scottbridwell.com. Also on my website, you'll find links to my Facebook, or you can also uh, send me a tweet. Or there's even a button there on the right-hand side that says Call Me. You can actually click that button. It'll go straight to my Google Voicemail. Leave me your question there. I'll put that in the rotation. Maybe even play your question, and we'll discuss that in a future show. Until then, you've been listening to The Reset Club and your host, Scott Bridwell. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Well, there you have it. My episode from 2012, like I said, I'll keep searching around, see if I can find some more of the recordings that I've got that's out there floating around in the interwebs. But in the meantime, I do have some more podcasts coming up up i've got a guy i'm about to talk to he's been struggling with some uh, drug addiction and he's come out of that he's in sobriety now so hopefully he'll have some life lessons for us another lady that's coming up i'm pretty excited about this i don't want to give too much away but i'll be sitting down with her friday so that should be pretty cool and another young lady here in the area that's doing some amazing things in our public schools so i want you to hear her story don't forget, I'll be traveling up to Vancouver, Washington soon. I just secured my fourth interview up there, so should have a lot of fun. <clears throat> hey, maybe I'll sit down with some roller derby girls. That'll be fun. That'll be five interviews in the Pacific Northwest. All right, you crazy kids. Talk to you later. <laughs>